0: Welcome once again to Exploring the Scriptures presentation of Church History Study with Dr. Ron Bartholomew. Here is Dr. Bartholomew.
1: Hi, folks. I'm so glad to be with you today. Today we're going to study the book of Jacob and Enos, Gospel Teachers of Great Doctrines. It'll take us a while to get through all of this, so I'll be patient as we work through this together and learn more about Jacob and also about our day as we study Jacob's words. Jacob the teacher. Jacob felt a solemn obligation to teach the people the things of God, and so he does. First, we're going to read Jacob chapter 1, verses 5 to 7.
0: Jacob felt a solemn obligation to teach the people the things of God. Jacob chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. For because of faith and great anxiety, it truly had been made manifest unto us. Concerning our people, what things should happen unto them? And we also had many revelations, and the spirit of much prophecy. Wherefore we knew of Christ and his kingdom, which should come. Wherefore we labored diligently among our people, that we might persuade them to come unto Christ, and partake of the goodness of God, that they might enter into his rest, lest by any means he should swear in his wrath they should not enter in, as in the provocation in the days of temptation, while the children of Israel were in the wilderness.
1: So we see there that Jacob is a very astute man. He's very spiritual. He understands the scriptures. He's a very he's a very able person for Neva to turn the r- the reins over to. So he continues.
0: Jacob, chapter one, verses seventeen through nineteen. Wherefore I, Jacob, gave unto them these words as I taught them in the temple, having first obtained mine errand from the Lord. For I, Jacob, and my brother Joseph have been consecrated priests and teachers of this people by the hand of Nephi. And we did magnify our office unto the Lord, taking upon us the responsibility, answering the sins of the people upon our own heads, if we did not teach them the word of God with all diligence. Wherefore, by laboring with our might, their blood might not come upon our garments. Otherwise, their blood would come upon our garments, and we would not be found spotless at the last day.
1: From these words, we see that Jacob took his assignment very, very seriously. And he understands when he goes to the temple to talk to the people, that they're going to be listening to a very important message from God to them. So this isn't just anything. This is really important words, and they've been recorded in the book of Mormon for us to read later. So let's see see what Jacob said.
0: Jacob, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. The words which Jacob, the brother of Nephi, spake unto the people of Nephi after the death of Nephi. Now, my beloved brethren, I, Jacob, according to the responsibility which I am under to God to magnify mine office with soberness, and that I might rid my garments of your sins, I come up into the temple this day, that I might declare unto you the word of God. And ye yourselves know that I have hitherto been diligent in the office of my calling. But I this day am weighed down with much more desire and anxiety for the welfare of your souls than I have hitherto been. For behold, as yet ye have been obedient unto the word of the Lord, which I have given unto you. But behold, hearken ye unto me, and know that by the help of the all-powerful Creator of heaven and earth, I can tell you concerning your thoughts how that ye are beginning to labor in sin, which sin appeareth very abominable unto me, yea, and abominable unto God. Yea, it grieveth my soul, and causeth me to shrink with shame before the presence of my Maker that I must testify unto you concerning the wickedness of your hearts. And also it grieveth me that I must use so much boldness of speech concerning you before your wives and your children, many of whose feelings are exceedingly tender and chaste and delicate before God, which thing is pleasing unto God. And it supposeth me that they have come up hither to hear the pleasing word of God, yea, the word which healeth the wounded soul. Wherefore it burdeneth my soul that I should be constrained because of the strict commandment which I have received from God, to admonish you according to your crimes, to enlarge the wounds of those who are already wounded, instead of consoling and healing their wounds, and those who have not been wounded, instead of feasting upon the pleasing word of God, have daggers placed to pierce their souls, and wound their delicate minds. But notwithstanding the greatness of the task, I must do according to the strict commands of God and tell you concerning your wickedness and abominations in the presence of the pure in heart and the broken heart and under the glance of the piercing eye of the Almighty God. Wherefore, I must tell you the truth according to the plainness of the word of God. For behold, as I have inquired of the Lord, thus came the word unto me, saying, Jacob... Get thee thou up into the temple on the morrow, and declare the word which I shall give thee unto this people.
1: What a difficult assignment this would be for Jacob. He loves these people; he's worked with them for a long time. Yet he's received from the word of the Lord; he's got to call them to repentance. This is the words that he spoke to them.
0: Well, number one, the lust for wealth. Jacob, chapter two, verses thirteen through nineteen. And the hand of providence has smiled upon you most pleasingly that you have obtained many riches and because some of you have obtained more abundantly than that of your brethren you're lifted up in the pride of your hearts and wear stiff necks and high heads because of the costliness of your apparel and persecute your brethren because ye suppose that ye are better than they and now my brethren do ye suppose that god justifieth you in this thing Behold, I say unto you, Nay, but he condemneth you, and if he persist in these things, his judgments must speedily come unto you. O that he would show you that he can pierce you, and with one glance of his eye he can smite you to the dust. O that he would rid you from this iniquity and abomination, and oh, that you would listen unto the word of his commands, and let not this pride of your hearts destroy your souls. Think of your brethren like unto yourselves, and be familiar with all, and free with your substance, that they may be rich like unto you. But before ye seek for riches, seek ye for the kingdom of God. And after ye have obtained a hope in Christ, ye shall obtain riches if ye seek them, and ye will seek them for the intent to do good, to clothe the naked, and to feed the hungry, and to liberate the captive, and administer relief to the sick and the afflicted.
1: Wow, how applicable is to our day? As I go around town, notice that everybody's driving a new car, everyone's building a bigger house, things are going well for us as a country and as a nation. Yet we're in dire debt to so many countries, and it's because we refuse to live on our our means we want to become wealthy like these people did wealth is quite a sin it's quite a temptation as well and it's nice to be wealthy it's nice to have all those wonderful things they're really nice but they don't lead us to god what leads us to god is taking those things and sharing them with others which is such an important part of the gospel it's so hard for people to do if this were the worst crime these people had committed, it would be one thing. But it's not. Not only did they have a lust for wealth, they had a lust for the for each other, and that was a, a sexual sin that the Lord is very disappointed in. He said.
0: Jacob, chapter two, verses twenty-three through twenty-nine, and verses thirty-one through thirty-five. But the word of God burdens me because of your grosser crimes. For behold, thus saith the Lord this people begin to wax in iniquity. They understand not the Scriptures, for they seek to excuse themselves in committing whoredoms because of the things which were written concerning David and Solomon his son. Behold, David and Solomon truly had many wives and concubines. Which thing was abominable before me, saith the Lord? Wherefore thus saith the Lord, I have led this people forth out of the land of Jerusalem, by the power of mine arm, that I might raise up unto me a righteous branch from the fruit of the loins of Joseph. Wherefore I, the Lord God, will not suffer, that this people shall do like unto them of old. Wherefore, my brethren, hear me, and hearken to the word of the Lord. For there shall not any man among you have save it be one wife, and concubines he shall have none. For I, the Lord God, delight in the chastity of women, and whoredoms are an abomination before me. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Wherefore this people shall keep my commandments, saith the Lord of hosts, or cursed be the land for their sakes. For behold, I the Lord have seen the sorrow and heard the mourning of the daughters of my people in the land of Jerusalem, yea, in all the lands of my people because of the wickedness and abominations of their husbands. And I will not suffer, saith the Lord of hosts, that the cries of the fair daughters of this people, which I have led out of the land of Jerusalem, shall come up unto me against the men of my people, saith the Lord of hosts. For they shall not lead away captive the daughters of my people because of their tenderness, save I shall visit them with a sore curse, even unto destruction, for they shall not commit whoredoms like unto them of old, saith the Lord of hosts. And now behold my brethren, Ye know that these commandments were given to our father Lehi. Wherefore, ye have known them before, and ye have come unto great condemnation, for ye have done these things which ye ought not to have done. Behold, ye have done greater iniquities than the Lamanites, our brethren. Ye have broken the hearts of your tender wives and lost the confidence of your children because of your bad examples before them, and the sobbings of their hearts is sent up to God against you. And because of the strictness of the word of God which cometh down against you, many hearts died, pierced with deep wounds.
1: We think about how terrible the sin of of lust is and and breaking our covenants we made in marriage. That's the kind of world that Jacob was living in and the people were thinking about those sins. It doesn't say they were actually doing them, it just says they were thinking about them. My friends, we've got to do better. As I look around my neighborhood alone, there's all kinds of people that are committing fornication and adultery. It's not okay. It's a great, great sin to the Lord. And then finally, we look at the importance of chastity and the purity of heart. Jacob chapter 3, verses 2 to 4.
0: The importance of chastity and purity of heart. Jacob, chapter 3, verses 2 through 4. O all ye that are pure in heart, lift up your heads and receive the pleasing word of God, and feast upon his love, for ye may, if your minds are firm, forever. But woe unto you that are not pure in heart, that are filthy this day before God, for except ye repent the land is cursed for your sakes, and the Lamanites which are not filthy like unto you, nevertheless they are cursed with a sore cursing shall scourge you even unto destruction and the time speedily cometh that except ye repent they shall possess the land of your inheritance and the lord god will lead away the righteous out from among you
1: which the lord does omni chapter 1 verses 5 and 6 says
0: omni chapter 1 verses 5 through 6 Behold, it came to pass that three hundred and twenty years had passed away, and the more wicked part of the Nephites were destroyed. For the Lord would not suffer after he had led them out of the land of Jerusalem, and kept and preserved them from falling into the hands of their enemies. Yea, he would not suffer, that the words should not be verified which he spake unto our Father, saying, That inasmuch as ye will not keep my commandments, ye shall not prosper in the land.
1: My friends, I don't know how to say this more clearly than it was just said by Jacob, but I want to bear my testimony to you the truth of the law of chastity. We've got to learn how to keep the law of chastity, whether it's our TV viewing, our music listening, or our actual actions. We've got to keep the law of chastity. There's no place for that sin in, in the world today yet it's all around us, and you know, we've got to figure out a way to make it better.
0: Jacob chapter 2, verses 18 through 21. Seek the kingdom of God and his glory first. But before ye seek for riches, seek ye for the kingdom of God. And after ye have obtained a hope in Christ, ye shall obtain riches if ye seek them. And ye will seek them for the intent to do good, to clothe the naked and to feed the hungry, and to liberate the captive, and administer relief to the sick, and the afflicted. And now, my brethren, I have spoken unto you concerning pride, and those of you which have afflicted your neighbor, and persecuted him, because you were proud in your hearts of the things which God hath given you, what say ye of it? Do ye not suppose that such things are abominable unto him who created all flesh? and the one being is as precious in his sight as the other, and all flesh is of the dust, and for the selfsame end hath he created them, that they should keep his commandments, and glorify him forever.
1: Of this verse, President N. Tanner said,
0: So often a person forgetting who he is, wants to be popular with his peers, and wants their praise. This applies equally to politicians members of fraternal organizations, professions, and business. This craving for praise and popularity too often controls actions, and as they succumb, they find themselves bending their character when they think they are only taking a bow. President N. Eldon Tanner, Conference Report, October 1975, page 115. Those who constantly love the praise of man more than the praise of god are faint reflections of another meaning satan of course who in the pre-existence wanted to save all mankind but with one condition attached that the honor and glory go to him not to god he was more concerned with credit than with results glory and praise were the end in themselves
1: so here we see a common Thread that plagues most of humanity, and that is pride and the desire to be accepted and the desire to please others. My friends, in the process of doing that, you can lose your chastity and virtue, which is not worth it. We've got to learn somehow to just to please God and not to please each other. Pleasing God is the answer to this problem, and there is no other there is no other answer. As we seek to please God and not man. There's no way to ever consider any of these sins, ever. So let's do what it takes to purify our hearts, to repent if we need to, to focus on the Lord and, and bringing glory to Him in His name only, and not to ourselves. Next, we have the sacred doctrine of plural marriage just talked about in the book of Jacob. Jacob chapter 2, verses 26 to
0: 30. The doctrine of plural marriage. Jacob chapter 2, verses 26 through 30, Wherefore I, the Lord God, will not suffer, that this people shall do like unto them of old. Wherefore, my brethren, hear me, and hearken to the word of the Lord. For there shall not any man among you have save it be one wife, and concubines he shall have none. For I, the Lord God, delight in the chastity of women, and whoredoms are an abomination before me. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. Wherefore this people shall keep my commandments, saith the Lord of hosts, or cursed be the land for their sakes. For if I will, saith the Lord of hosts, raise up seed unto me, and I will command my people, otherwise they shall hearken unto these things.
1: So the Lord tells us there that the only time you we'll ever have plural marriage is to raise up people to himself, raise up a righteous posterity we had this earlier in this dispensation and, and it was good during the during the presidency of Brigham Young but it's no longer exists and we don't we don't talk about it we don't do it and we ask you to people who do because it's just not right um, in DNC 132 this is verses it says Doctrine and Covenants section
0: 132 verses 34 to 38 God commanded Abraham and Sarah gave Hagar to Abraham, to wife, and why did she do it? Because this was the law, and from Hagar sprang many people. This therefore was fulfilling, among other things, the promises. Was Abraham therefore under condemnation? Verily I say unto you, Nay, for I the Lord commanded it. Abraham was commanded to offer his son Isaac. Nevertheless it was written, Thou shalt not kill. Abraham, however, did not refuse, And it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Abraham received concubines, and they bore him children. And it was accounted unto him for righteousness, because they were given unto him, and he abode in my law, as Isaac also. And Jacob did none other things than that which they were commanded. And because they did none other things than that which they were commanded, they have entered into their exaltation according to the promises and sit upon thrones, and are not angels, but are gods. David also received many wives and concubines, and also Solomon Moses, my servants, as also many others of my servants, from the beginning of creation until this time. And in nothing did they sin, save in those things which they received not of me.
1: What a great blessing we have to know that there are people who practice plumbering because they were commanded, they were accounted right for righteousness, people who didn't, David and Solomon, particularly. We practice Paul marriage in this dispensation, but before it ended, Wilford received the following revelation
0: Official Declaration One, to whom it may concern. Press dispatches having been sent for political purposes from Salt Lake City, which have been widely published, to the effect that the Utah Commission in the recent report of the Secretary of the Interior, alleged that plural marriages are still being solemnized and that 40 or more such marriages have been contracted in Utah since last June or during the past year. Also, that in public discourses, the leaders of the Church have taught, encouraged, and urged the continuance of the practice of polygamy. I, therefore, as President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, do hereby, in the most solemn manner, declare that these charges are false. We are not teaching polygamy or plural marriage, nor permitting any person to enter into its practice. And I deny that either 40 or any other number of plural marriages have during that period been solemnized in our temples or in any other place in the territory.
1: What a terrible accusation against the church, but President Wilford would have it
0: Jacob chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. Behold, the Lamanites, your brethren, whom ye hate because of their filthiness, and the cursing which hath come upon their skins, are more righteous than you. For they have not forgotten the commandment of the Lord, which was given unto our Father, that they should have save it were one wife, and concubines they should have none, and there should not be whoredoms committed among them. And now this commandment they observe to keep. Wherefore, because of this observance, in keeping this commandment, the Lord God will not destroy them, but will be merciful unto them. And one day they shall become a blessed people. Behold, their husbands love their wives, and their wives love their husbands, and their husbands and their wives love their children. And their unbelief and their hatred towards you is because of the iniquity of their fathers. Wherefore, how much better are you than they in the sight of your great Creator? O my brethren, I fear that unless ye shall repent of your sins, that their skins will be whiter than yours, when ye shall be brought with them before the throne of God. Wherefore, a commandment I give unto you, which is the word of God, that ye revile no more against them, because of the darkness of their skins. Neither shall ye revile against them because of their filthiness But ye shall remember your own filthiness And remember that their filthiness came Because of their fathers
1: So we see that it appears The Lamanites are going to be preserved over the Nevites because they Do not break this love of chastity they, they, they do not have multiple wives That's how serious the Lord is of the sin Joseph taught the following
0: joseph smith taught in the teaching to the prophet joseph smith page 324 i gave instructions to try those persons who were preaching teaching or practicing the doctrine of plurality of wives for according to the law i hold the keys of this power in the last days for there is never but one on earth at a time on whom the power and its keys are conferred and i have constantly said no man shall have but one wife at a time, unless the Lord directs otherwise.
1: We all know that plural marriage got out of control during Joseph's time is because people were committing it without his permission. Only the prophet has the key to this ordinance, and he, he right now, uh, currently, the prophet says, we're not doing it. So that's uh, simply we're not. Which leads us to the next piece, Jacob 4.9-11.
0: Jacob, chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, following counsel. For behold, by the power of his word, man came upon the face of the earth, which earth was created by the power of his word. Wherefore, if God being able to speak, and the world was, and to speak, and man was created, oh, then why not able to command the earth, or the workmanship of his hands upon the face of it, according to his will and pleasure? Wherefore, brethren, seek not to counsel the Lord, but to take counsel from his hand. For behold, ye yourselves know that he counseleth in wisdom, and in justice, and in great mercy over all his works. Wherefore, beloved brethren, be reconciled unto him through the atonement of Christ, his only begotten Son. And ye may obtain a resurrection according to the power of the resurrection which is in Christ. And be presented as the firstfruits of Christ unto God, having faith, and obtained a good hope of glory in him before he manifesteth himself in the flesh.
1: We love to talk about the the Hansmi example from the church history of how bad the people were to our people, but in reality just been said about this
0: Hansmi example from church history up to this day god had given me wisdom to save the people who took counsel none had ever been killed who abode my counsel at hans mill the brethren went contrary to my counsel if they had not their lives would have been spared president joseph smith history of the church volume 5 pages 136 to 137
1: The trouble with our neighbors did not end, but we learned to endure, and the Lord poured out
0: his blessings in return.
1: Johnny married Catherine and settled on a creek near the city of Far West at a place we called Hans Mill. Up To this day God gave me wisdom to see the people who took the counsel. They have been killed who bought my counsel. And Huntsville, the brother would contrary my counsel. If they had not the lives would have been spared. So Joseph Smith doesn't say that the people got hurt at Huntsville because they were being obedient. obedient. Rather it says they were, being, they were hurting because they were not being obedient. That's a terrible thing to say, but it's true. And then of the seventh said.
0: Elder Neuenschwander of the Seventy said, Most of the difficulty in following counsel can be traced to our desire to be more acceptable to the world than to God. To have living prophets, seers, and revelators among us and not to listen to them is no better than not having them at all. From the Ensign Magazine, November 2000, pages 41 through 42.
1: That is so true. To not listen to those no, and not having them at all. And we've always had promises. We've had promises in Joseph. with, sometimes I listen to. I love this quote by President Marion G. Romney.
0: President Marion G. Romney said, When we do not keep ourselves advised as to what the counsel of the Lord is through His servants, Doctrine and Covenants, Section 1, verse 38, we are prone to substitute our own counsel for His as a matter of fact there is nothing else we can do but follow our own counsel when we do not know the lord's instructions message of the first presidency ensign august 1985
1: page five even though this quote's kind of old i love it and i don't know anyone who's ever said this clearly since i like to play a game with my students where i have them tell me what the prophets have said about abc or xyz and very often they Tell me what they think instead of what the prophets have said because they don't know what the prophets have said. And President Romney's counsel is very true. After talking to the people about chastity and virtue and riches, etc., following the prophets, Jacob recounts the allegory of the olive tree.
0: Jacob, Chapter 5, Allegory of the Olive Tree The question Jacob is answering, Jacob, Chapter 4, Verses 15-17 through 17. And now I, Jacob, am led on by the Spirit unto prophesying. For I perceive by the workings of the Spirit which is in me, that by the stumbling of the Jews they will reject the stone upon which they might build and have safe foundation. But behold, according to the Scriptures, this stone shall become the great and the last, and the only sure foundation upon which the Jews can build. And now, my beloved, how is it possible that these after having rejected the sure foundation can ever build upon it that it may become the head of their corner
1: jacob's time trying to teach the people how to build their foundation on christ he t- chooses to do that through the allegory of the olive tree whether this quite close because it's so applicable to our day jacob 5 is the history of the house of israel verse 1 to 14
0: jacob chapter 5 History of the House of Israel. Verses 1 through 14, Israel decays, is destroyed and scattered, 1800 B.C. to 400 B.C. Behold, my brethren, do ye not remember to have read the words of the prophet Zenos, which he spake unto the house of Israel, saying, Hearken, O ye house of Israel, and hear the words of me, a prophet of the Lord? For behold, thus saith the Lord, I will liken thee, O house of Israel, like unto a tame olive tree, which a man took and nourished in his vineyard, and it grew and waxed old, and began to decay. And it came to pass that the master of the vineyard went forth, and he saw that his olive tree began to decay. And he said, I will prune it and dig about it, and nourish it, and perhaps it may shoot forth young and tender branches, and it perish not. And it came to pass that he pruned it, and digged about it, and nourished it according to his word. And it came to pass that after many days it began to put forth somewhat a little young and tender branches. But behold, the main top thereof began to perish. And it came to pass that the master of the vineyard saw it. And he said unto his servant, It grieveth me that I should lose this tree. Wherefore, go and pluck the branches from a wild olive tree, and bring them hither unto me, and we will pluck off those main branches, which are beginning to wither away, and we will cast them into the fire, that they may be burned. And behold, saith the Lord of this vineyard, I take away many of these young and tender branches, and I will graft them whithersoever I will, and it mattereth not, that if it so be that the root of this tree will perish, I may preserve the fruit thereof unto myself. Wherefore I will take these young and tender branches, and I will graft them whithersoever I will. Take thou the branches of the wild olive tree, and graft them in, in the stead thereof. And these which I have plucked off, I will cast into the fire, and burn them, that they may not cumber the ground of my vineyard. And it came to pass that the servant of the Lord of the vineyard did according to the word of the Lord of the vineyard, and grafted in the branches of the wild olive tree. And the Lord of the vineyard caused that it should be digged about, and pruned and nourished, saying unto his servant, It grieveth me that I should lose this tree, wherefore that perhaps I might preserve the roots thereof, that they perish not, that I might preserve them unto myself. I have done this thing. Wherefore go thy way, watch the tree, and nourish it, according to my words. And these will I place in the nethermost part of my vineyard. Whithersoever I will, it mattereth not unto thee, and I do it that I may preserve unto myself the natural branches of the tree, and also that I may lay up fruit thereof against the season unto myself. For it grieveth me that I should lose this tree and the fruit thereof. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard went his way, and hid the natural branches of the tame olive tree in the nethermost parts of the vineyard, some in one and some in another, according to his will and pleasure.
1: And so we see the Lord wants to save the tree. The tree is the house of Israel. But to do so, he grafts in wild branches, or Gentiles, and takes the, the, the natural branches to a place that he won't tell the Sermon is. he hid them. Uh, in the animal parts of the vineyard as we see my friends the Lord is interested in saving the, the, the church the whole tree not individual b- b- branches and if the branches go by they're burned but he'll do whatever it takes to save the tree including grafting in the Gentiles and taking the house of Israel far away so now we see in the next section what the Lord does there verses so 15 and 20 we have the ministry of Christ and his apostles
0: Ministry of Christ and His Apostles. Jacob, chapter 5, verses 15 to 28. Jacob, chapter 5, verses 17 to 18. Converted Gentiles bring good fruit. And it came to pass that a long time passed away, and the Lord of the vineyard said unto his servant, Come, let us go down into the vineyard, that we may labor in the vineyard. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard And also the servant went down into the vineyard to labor. And it came to pass, and it came to pass that the servant said unto his master, Behold, look here, behold the tree. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard looked and beheld the tree in the which the wild olive branches had been grafted. And it had sprung forth and begun to bear fruit. And he beheld that it was good, and the fruit thereof was like unto the natural fruit. And he said unto the servant, Behold, the branches of the wild trees have taken hold of the moisture of the root thereof, that the root thereof hath brought forth much strength. And because of the much strength of the root, thereof the wild branches have brought forth tame fruit. Now if we had not grafted in these branches, the tree thereof would have perished. And now, behold, I shall lay up much fruit, which the tree thereof hath brought forth. And the fruit thereof I shall lay up against the season, unto mine own self.
1: And so we see that the Lord converts the Gentiles, and they help bring forth the good fruit from the tree. Again, the Lord is going to save the tree no matter what. He's going to do whatever it takes to do it, including bringing the Gentiles into the gospel. Next, we have the scattered ten treasures will bring also bring forth good fruit.
0: Jacob, chapter five, verses nineteen through twenty-two. Scattered ten tribes bring good fruit. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard said unto the servant, Come, let us go to the nethermost part of the vineyard. And behold, that the natural branches of the tree have not brought forth much fruit also, that I may lay up of the fruit thereof against the season unto mine own self. And it came to pass that they went forth whither the master had hid the natural branches of the tree. And he said unto the servant, Behold these, and he beheld the first, that it had brought forth much fruit, and he beheld also that it was good. And he said unto the servant, Take of the fruit thereof, and lay it up against the season, that I may preserve it unto mine own self. For behold, said he, this long time have I nourished it, and it hath brought forth much fruit. And it came to pass that the servant said unto his master, how comest thou hither to plant this tree or this branch of the tree for behold it was the poorest spot in all the land of thy vineyard and the lord of the vineyard said unto him counsel me not i knew that it was a poor spot of ground wherefore i said unto thee i have nourished it this long time and thou beholdest that it hath brought forth much fruit
1: i serve a mission in korea and many people think that the Southeast Asia is a long ways away from anything good. While I was there, I went to some old, old temples that were hundreds and hundreds of years old. And they had three Buddhas. They had a Buddha with two Buddhas and then two Buddhas and then seven Buddhas. And I, went and I asked the monk there, what does this mean? A, a Buddha, two Buddhas, two Buddhas, and then seventy Buddhas. He had no idea. But it's obvious that this is one of the places that the Lord had brought the gospel that was scattered to the to bring forth good fruit then we have verse
0: 24. jacob chapter 5 verse 24 jews bring forth good fruit also verses 24 and 25 nephites and lamanites and it came to pass that the lord of the vineyard said unto his servant look hither behold i have planted another branch of the tree also and thou knowest that this spot of ground was poorer than the first. But behold, the tree I have nourished it this long time, and it hath brought forth much fruit. Therefore gather it, and lay it up against the season, that I may preserve it unto mine own self. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyards said again unto his servant, Look hither, and behold another branch also, which I have planted. Behold, that I have nourished it also, and it hath brought forth fruit. And he said unto the servant, Look hither, and behold the last. Behold this I have planted in a good spot of ground, and I have nourished it this long time. And only a part of the tree hath brought forth tame fruit, and the other part of the tree hath brought forth wild fruit. Behold, I have nourished this tree like unto the others.
1: I had a student in my class once that uh, was... Rebellious against the commandments She was underage and she had a steady boyfriend She came to me one day and she said I've been praying about my boyfriend and I don't know what to do I and I told her, well, maybe you should read Jacob chapter 5 Of course I didn't think she would About a week later she came to class crying She came before class crying and she had a book 1 in her hand And I thought she was going to hit me with it Instead she said, I read Jacob 5 and I found the answer to my prayer I thought, oh my goodness what was the answer to your prayer? And she read this verse about about part of the tree has brought up our fruit and the other part of our, brought up our wild fruit. And she realized that her boyfriend was he was doing some good things but he was doing some bad things too. One of them was dating a girl that wasn't wasn't sixteen. So she broke up with him because of J. Five. So I bear testimony that if J.O. five can help a the teenage girl that's not even sixteen yet, I can help it can help it can help us as well. In verse 20, 20 to 46, we have the great apostasy. All the fruit becomes bad.
0: Jacob, chapter 5, verses 29 through 46. Great apostasy, all fruit is bad. And it came to pass that a long time had passed away, and the Lord of the vineyard said unto his servant, Come, let us go down into the vineyard, that we may labor again in the vineyard. For behold, the time draweth near." And the end soon cometh wherefore i must lay up fruit against the season unto mine own self and it came to pass that the lord of the vineyard and the servant went down into the vineyard and they came to the tree whose natural branches had been broken off and the wild branches had been grafted in and behold all sorts of fruit did cumber the tree
1: so we see that the 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 fruit all sorts of fruit did come on the tree. And this is the time of the course of the great apostasy, the 2,000 years after the birth of Christ, before 1820, before Joseph, which wrote the gospel. My friends, as much as we want to believe other churches are good and true and right, they only have part of the truth and our church has all the truth. It took this to happen for a time. Go ahead.
0: Into its number. And the Lord of the vineyard said, Behold, this long time have we nourished this tree, and I have laid up unto myself against the season much fruit. But behold, this time it hath brought forth much fruit, and there is none of it which is good. And behold, there are all kinds of bad fruit, and it profiteth me nothing, notwithstanding all our labor. And now it grieveth me that I should lose this tree.
1: We read these verses and it says, The prophet of spirit, none of it is good. When I think about the, the, the world of Christianity today, all churches except for ours believe in a, a God that has no body, that, that has no partial passion, and He's just a, an, an ethereal mist. Although they do many good things, there is none, none of the fruit that is good because it won't lead people to salvation. I know it's bold to say our church is the only true church upon the face of the earth, but it is, my friends. It's the only church that has the truth about the pre-earth life, about earth life, about the post-mortal life, three degrees of glory, etc. All, all, all that was lost because of the apostasy. And so, yeah, while it's important to be nice to people from other churches and to see the good that they have and they can bring, it's important for us to understand that because of the apostasy, they all, they, everything, sort of a fruit was good it was bad and none of it was good and that is the truth my friends it's the, it's the hard cold truth but it's the truth because they cannot save only our church has the truth required to, to save
0: the vineyard said unto the servant what shall we do unto the tree that I may preserve again good fruit thereof unto mine own self and the servant said unto his master, Behold, because thou didst graft in the branches of the wild olive tree.
1: That's the best question. The Lord says to the servant, What shall we do that I may preserve good fruit unto myself? Well, in order to preserve good fruit unto himself, he's going to have to overcome the apostasy with the restoration.
0: They have nourished the roots, that they are alive, and they have not perished. Wherefore thou beholdest, that they are yet good. The
1: roots were good.
0: And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard said unto his servant, The tree profiteth me nothing, and the roots thereof profiteth me nothing, so long as it shall bring forth evil fruit. Nevertheless, I know that the roots are good, and for mine own purpose I have preserved them, and because of their much strength they have hitherto brought forth fruit, and because of their much strength they have hitherto brought forth from the wild branches, good fruit. But behold, the wild branches have grown and have overrun the roots thereof. And because that the wild branches have overcome the roots thereof, it hath brought forth much evil fruit. And because that it hath brought forth so much evil fruit, thou beholdest that it beginneth to perish.
1: My friends, the other class that I teach at the Institute is the history of Christianity, the Christian history. And I want to bear my testimony to you that there were no churches that were good. Once they lost the truth about God, that he had a body, that he was our father, etc., they all went the wrong direction. And while this just sounds really hard and cold to tell people this, it's the truth. We have to stand by our restoration or else it will do us no good. I want to bear my testimony that I know the truth has been restored, but it it was a lot of truth that was restored, not just a little bit. About God, about Jesus, about us, about ourselves, etc. And without that, the the tree is not good. It can't do anything. Go ahead.
0: And it will soon become ripened, that it may be cast into the fire, except we should do something for it to preserve it. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard said unto his servant, Let us go down into the nethermost parts of the vineyard, and beholdeth the natural branches. Have also brought forth evil fruit and it came to pass that they went down into the nethermost parts of the vineyard and it came to pass that they beheld that the fruit of the natural branches had become corrupt also yea the first and the second and also the last and they had all become corrupt
1: that is our doctrine we have to see too my friends all the churches were corrupt all the all the people that said they believed in God and the gospel become corrupt. That's why it's not necessary to have a restoration.
0: Jacob felt their solemn obligation to teach the people the things of God. And behold this last, whose branch hath withered away, I did plant in a good spot of ground, yea, even that which was choice unto me above, above all other parts of the land of my vineyard. And thou beheldest that I also cut down cut down that which cumbered this spot of ground, that I might plant this tree in the stead thereof. And thou beheldest, that a part thereof brought forth good fruit, and a part thereof brought forth wild fruit. And because I plucked not the branches thereof, and cast them into the fire, behold, they have overcome the good branch, that it hath withered away. And now behold, notwithstanding all the care which we have taken of my vineyard, The trees thereof have become corrupted, that they bring forth no good fruit. And these I had hoped to preserve, to have laid up fruit thereof against the season, unto mine own self. But behold, they have become like unto the wild olive tree, and they are of no worth but to be hewn down and cast into the fire. And it grieveth me that I should lose them. But what could I have done more in my vineyard? Have I slackened mine hand, that I have not nourished it? Nay, I have nourished it, and I have digged about it, and I have pruned it, and I have dunged it, and I have stretched forth mine hand almost all the day long, and the end draweth nigh. And grieveth me that I should hewn down all the trees of my vineyard, and cast them into the fire, that they should be burned. Who is it that has corrupted my vineyard? And it came to pass that the servant said unto his master, Is it not the loftiness of thy vineyard? Have not the branches thereof overcome the roots which are good? And because the branches have overcome the roots, therefore, behold, they grow faster than the strength of the roots, taking strength unto themselves. Behold, I say, is not this the cause, that the trees of thy vineyard have become corrupted?
1: So... Here we see that the cause of the apostasy is priestcraft and pride. As the, as the Lord allows the tree to grow it, it overcomes the roots, and becomes stronger than the roots, which is really, really unfortunate. Fortunately, we, had, we have the restoration, though. Verses 52-72 says the following.
0: Wherefore, let us take of the branches of these which I have planted in the nethermost parts of my vineyard, and let us graft them into the tree from whence they came, And let us pluck from the tree those branches whose fruit is most bitter, and graft in the natural branches of the tree in the stead thereof. And this will I do, that the tree may not perish, that perhaps I may preserve unto myself the roots thereof for mine own purpose. Behold, and behold, the roots of the natural branches of the tree, which I planted planted whithersoever I would, are yet alive. Wherefore, that I may preserve them also for mine own purpose, I will take of the branches of this tree, and I will graft them in unto them. Yea, I will graft in unto them the branches of their mother tree, that I may preserve the roots also mine also unto mine own self, that when they shall be sufficiently strong, perhaps they may bring forth good fruit unto me, and I may yet have glory in the fruit of my vineyard. And it came to pass that they took from the natural tree, which had become wild, and grafted in unto the natural trees, which also had become wild. And they also took of the natural trees, which had become wild, and grafted into their mother tree. And And the Lord of the vineyard said unto the servant, Pluck not the wild branches from the tree, save it be those which are most bitter. And in them ye shall graft according to that which I have said. And we will nourish again the trees of the vineyard, and we will trim up the branches thereof, and we will pluck from the trees those branches which are ripened, that must perish, and cast them into the fire. And this I do, that perhaps the roots thereof may take strength, because of their goodness, and because of the change of the branches, that the good may overcome the evil, And because that I have preserved the natural branches and the roots thereof, and that I have grafted in the natural branches again into their mother tree, and have preserved the roots of their mother tree, that perhaps the trees of my my vineyard may bring forth again good fruit, and that I may have joy again in the fruit of my vineyard, and perhaps that I may rejoice exceedingly that I have preserved the roots and the branches of the first fruit. Wherefore, go to, and call servants, that we may labor diligently with our might in the vineyard, that we may prepare the way, that I may bring forth again the natural fruit, which natural fruit is good, and the most precious above all other fruit. Wherefore, let us go to, and labor with our might this last time. For behold, the end draweth nigh. And this is for the last time that I shall prune my vineyard.
1: And so we see that the Lord calls servants, telling them labor diligently with their might, the missionaries and those who are working in the church today. I love this parable because it talks about the latter day kingdom so so clearly. The there is a great apostasy, and the, and the Lord wants to save the tree, and so he tries to find a way to do it. He does it by having servants labor diligently with their might, thinking priorly before him. Finally, in verses seventy to 75 we see the fate of the latter day kingdom
0: and thus they labored with all diligence according to the commandments of the Lord of the vineyard even until the bad had been cast away out of the vineyard and the Lord had preserved unto himself that the trees had become again the natural fruit and they became like unto one body and the fruits were equal and the Lord of the vineyard had preserved unto himself the natural fruit which was the, which was most precious unto him from the beginning. And it came to pass that when the Lord of the vineyard saw that his fruit was good, and that his vineyard was no more corrupt, he called up his servants and said unto them, Behold, for this last time have we nourished my vineyard, and thou beholdest that I have done according to my will, and I have preserved the natural fruit, that it is good, even like as it was in the beginning. And blessed art thou, for because ye have been diligent and laboring with me in my vineyard, and have kept my commandments, and have brought unto me again the natural fruit, that my vineyard is no more corrupted, and the bad is cast away. Behold, ye shall have joy with me, because of the fruit of my vineyard. How
1: can anyone read this parable and not feel the, the, the graciousness of the Lord? And not be glad that they are called to labor in the last days. I am sorry that I have had the chance to labor in the last days in, in the Lord's kingdom about my mission and at the Institute. I'm sure you all are laboring in your selective sphere, spheres. Uh, finally, we have the millennium and the founders' rations of the wicked. In verse 76 and 77.
0: For behold, for a long time I will lay up with the fruit of my vineyard unto mine own self against the season, which speedily, which speedily cometh. And for the last time have I nourished my vineyard, and pruned it, and dug about it, and dunged it. Wherefore I will lay up unto mine own self of the fruit for a long time, according to that which I have spoken. And when the time cometh that evil fruit shall again come into my vineyard, then will I cause the good and the bad to be gathered, and the good will I preserve unto myself, and the bad will I cast away into its own place. And then cometh the season and the end, and my vineyard will I cause to be burned with fire.
1: As we look at the doctrinal application in this parable, we see that the poorer of the ground, the better the fruit in, in, our, in our day. That's a really important point. We also see what happens to the, if the Lord allows the message of prosperity too much or too long. we it becomes corrupt. We also see that just because a person's fruit is temporarily bad doesn't mean his roots are bad. The roots were good, and the Lord was able to save the tree because the roots were good. The problem with the Nephites, Seth, the Book of Mormon is the problem of pride, and that's the thing that leads to their destruction. Jacob chapter 4 verse 6 is the summary statement. I'll have my friend read Jacob chapter 6 verse 4 right now, please. After Jacob tells the story of the tree, he recounts the allegory of the other tree, he makes a few points. This is one of them. Verse 4.
0: For, for this intent have we written these things, that they may know that we knew of Christ, and we had a hope of his glory many hundred years before his coming. And not only we ourselves had a hope of his glory, but also all the holy prophets which were before us.
1: Jesus, please in verse 5. He pleases his plea is in verse 5.
0: Behold, they believed in Christ, and worshipped the Father in his name. And also we worship the Father in his name. And for this intent we keep the law of moses it pointing our souls to him and for this cause it is sanctified unto us for righteousness even as it was accounted unto abraham in the wilderness to be obedient under the commands of god in offering up his son isaac which is a similitude of god and his only begotten son
1: thus we see from jacob that the gospel is real, it's true, but it's also important. He quotes Abraham sacrificing Isaac and all the other different things that they do. His power source, of course, is that he tries to keep the commandments. He tries to do what's right. And he, because of that, he is a powerful, powerful prophet. Let's just go to the, to the book of Enos, a pattern for prayer. In Enos 1, verses 2, and then verses 4 to 8, we see Enos praying for the, for really important things. He, he says, Enos 1, verses 2, 4 through 8.
0: Behold, it came to pass that I, Enos, knowing my father, that he was a just man, for he taught me in his language, and also in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And blessed be the name of my God for it. And I will tell all of you, of the wrestle which i had before god before i received a remission of my sins
1: now, verse
0: 4-8 and my soul hungered and i kneeled down before my maker and i cried unto him in mighty prayer and supplication for mine own soul and all the day long did i cry unto him yea and when the night came i did still raise my voice high that it reached the heavens and there came a voice unto me saying Enos, thy sins are forgiven thee, and thou shalt be blessed. And I, Enos, knew that God could not lie, wherefore my guilt was swept away. And I said, Lord, how is it done? And he said unto me, Because of thy faith in Christ, whom thou hast never before heard nor seen, and many years pass away, before he shall manifest himself in the flesh. Wherefore, go to thy faith, hath made thee whole.
1: So we see in Enus's prayer a shadow of Smith's first prayer. There are nine contemporary accounts of the first vision experienced uh, four by Joseph and five by those who record what they heard him share. The following is as earliest or his eighteen thirty two account. He said quote, My mind became exceedingly distressed for I became convicted of my sins, and I felt the mourn for my own sins and also the sins of the world. I cried to the Lord for mercy and the Lord heard my cry in the wilderness A power of light over the brightness of my son and noon they came down from above and rested upon me I said the Lord and he to be to me saying Joseph my son I said to forgive thee." so we have a very similar instance with the Joseph Smith and Enos their prayers are very much the same and I just want to bear testimony that's what that's how the Lord works with all of us he wants to forgive us for our sins he wants us to come to him in prayer after, after Enos prays for himself he he prays for the people verse
0: nine now it came to pass that when i heard these words i began to feel of desire for the welfare of my brethren the nephites wherefore i did pour out my whole soul unto god for them
1: and then he prays for the lamanites in verse 11
0: and after i enos had heard these words my faith began to be unshaken in the lord and i prayed unto him with many long strugglings For my brethren the lamanites
1: and then he prays more for the people go ahead
0: and i had faith and i did cry unto god that he would preserve the records and he covenanted with me that he would bring them forth unto the lamanites in his own due time and i enos knew it would be according to the covenant which he had made wherefore my soul did rest and the lord said unto me my fathers have also required of me this thing, and it shall be done unto them according to their faith, for their faith was like unto thine.
1: And then he prays more for the people. Verse 19 to verse
0: 26. And now it came to pass that I Enos went about, the, went about among the people of Nephi, prophesying of things to come, and testifying of the things which I had heard and seen.
1: Then in verse 26 he says,
0: and I saw that I must soon go down to my grave, having been wrought upon by the power of God, that I must preach and prophesy unto this people and declare the word according to the truth which is in Christ. And I have declared it in all my days and have rejoiced in it above that of the world.
1: And so is to Athenus, a pattern of his verse 48.
0: Wherefore, my beloved brethren, pray unto the Father with all the energy of heart, that ye may be filled with this love, which he hath bestowed upon all who are true followers of his Son, Jesus Christ, that ye may become the sons of God, that when he shall appear we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, that we may have this hope, that we may be purified even as he is pure. Amen.
1: I bear testimony, my friends, that we cannot have this experience unless we're connected with the Lord. We cannot connect with the Lord as through prayer. It's through prayer that we connect with the Lord like, like he did. That's why this book is so important to us. I just want to my testimony that the book of Jacob and Enos are very relevant to our day. The sins of uh, fornication and the sins of lust are very much around us. Uh, lust for things and lust for unfortunately, for the bodies of others. And it's through the books of Jacob and Enos that we learn that we can be, that the church will, will, will become the Lord's glorified agent in the last days. And by saying to the church, we can have the, all the blessings that the Lord has offered everyone. And I say it in the name of Jesus Christ,
0: amen. Thank you for being with us today for another segment of Dr. Bartholomew's insightful review of Aspects of Church History. This podcast is presented through the facilities of Golden Gems Radio. We invite you to listen to www.goldengems.net, where you'll find presented each week a review of the music and career of one of the greatest musical artists of the 40s, 50s, and 60s, when music was music in the golden days of radio. Please join us again next week for another episode in church history, with Dr. Bartholomew.